On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You have believed because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The friends of Jesus have a lot of fears and tremendous fears in their hearts, as we hear in this gospel. The line, fear of the Jews, does not refer to Jewish people, but rather it refers to the phony religious leaders, the religious crooks, the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees who had conspired against Jesus and with Judas Iscariot to crucify Jesus and destroy his community. The evil of these religious leaders was so bad that this explains why the apostles are so fearful. To understand how bad these religious leaders are, look at what they did in their efforts to bring down Jesus and his community. First, they're involved in financial sin. They take 30 pieces of silver and use that to pay off a man to do something bad. That's corrupt. That's a bad use of something that's good. Judas Iscariot also is involved in financial sin. He is the one who holds the money bag for the church community but he's also a thief, according to the Gospel. Next thing involved in these corrupt leaders is deception and lies. They got no problem with lying, no problem whatsoever. Then we see they go down with a toleration of unjust violence against Jesus and his people. And then finally, they're tolerant of killing, killing the innocent and the crucifixion. Now, these evils can show to us why the apostles are so fearful, because they experience firsthand all of this bad stuff. They're also fearful because of what they experienced from their friend Judas Iscariot. Judas betrayed Jesus, but he also betrayed the apostles, because for years he pretended to be their friend. He deceived them. And so the apostles are really, really frightened by life. If you look at their journey, you can understand what's going on in their hearts. Some of them were fishermen. 
they go about their daily work of fishing, then they go back home and take their rest. And day after day, they go through the same routine. At some point, they meet Jesus, and they encounter Him in a way that changed their lives forever. They perceive in Jesus someone who's real, someone who is a light shining in their darkness, someone who's going to teach them a new way of life that has something to do with the mystery of God. They listen to His holy teaching, they, they perceive His miracles, and they can feel the presence of the Son of God in Him. Then all of a the sudden, they're in the midst of evil. They're betrayed by one of their friends. They experience violence, lies, and the horror of the crucifixion. So you can understand why they're so fearful. They are spooked by life now, and they've become reclusive. You know, people can do this. There's a lot of people who they go through so much trauma in life that they shut down. They become afraid of everything in life, of anything that could cause that trauma to to resurface in their hearts, they don't want anything to do with it ever again. So they become reclusive. The apostles are reclusive. They're so scared, it's unbelievable. But they have reasons to be afraid. And into these tremendous fears, Jesus comes. Right into those fears, He comes. And He says to them, who are so fearful, Peace. Peace be with you. He does not work a miracle and eliminate the causes of their fears. Those are still there. In fact, he shows them the wounds that remind them of what caused their fears. And yet he says, peace be with you. The key to this is the line that tells us that we have to believe. You know that Thomas did not believe until he was going to see the wounds of Jesus. But we see that once he sees these wounds, his faith is reawakened. Jesus says this, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's really important to help us to understand how we ourselves can somehow receive some measure of the peace of Jesus in the midst of whatever fears that weigh us down. Things that we see, that we experience, are often the things that bring us fear. The apostles saw so many things, so many evil things that brought fear to their hearts. But Jesus is trying to move them to look for something deeper, to look for something more in their life's journey, to look for what they don't see. What we don't see is the presence of Jesus. But He's right here. He's right there in the midst of their darkness. He's like that Easter candle shining in a dark church. He's a light shining in their darkness. So for us, when we have tremendous fears, we have to have a lot of faith. Jesus does not eliminate the things that cause fear. We wish He would. We pray for that. But He shows a whole new way of dealing with fear. Don't fight them, but enter into Christ. Enter into a personal devotion to Jesus. If you look at the lives of the Apostles, it's like the power of evil was writing one story in their lives, a story of betrayal, a story of brokenness, of human frailty and malice, a story of failure, a story of death, and a story of fear. And that story seems to write itself in the hearts of the Apostles a lot. It also writes itself in our hearts as well in our own life's journey. 
but the Spirit of Christ is writing a whole new story, a whole new story in the hearts of his friends, a story of love, of the Good Shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep, a story of truth, a truth that is eternal, a story of grace, of God's presence in this world, and a story of peace. And the thing is, we got to pick which story we're going to live by, the story that leads to fear or the story that leads to peace. So brothers and sisters, as we celebrate the Easter season of resurrection, we should renew our faith in Jesus Christ. Really renew it. Even if your whole life is falling apart, if the whole world around you is crumbling, if all the sources of fear are overwhelming you, you look to Jesus. You look to Jesus. Don't try to fight all your fears. That'll just get you tied up in a knot. You look to Jesus. Remember this. He has conquered all the powers that can bring fear to anyone. He's faced them and he's conquered and emerged victorious. By our faith in the Lord Jesus, by our devotion and love to him, we can hold on to that victory in our own hearts and experience the peace of Jesus. God bless you.